Welcome to the podcast version of Let's Kill Twitter, the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. Let's Kill Twitter is recorded live and on Zoom, and this week we were back to our two guests, two hosts format. So it's myself, Julian Hall, hosting along with comedian Sajila Kershey, and our two guests were the comedians Josh Howey and Paul Tonkinson. It really was a packed show, and as much as we wanted to rein it in and keep it to an hour, it was pretty hard to do justice to subjects like anti-Semitism and gender, the discussion about the vaccine passport shown in the Tesco Christmas ad, and we finished off with a quick mention of the new movie Spencer, where Kristen Stewart plays Princess Diana. We hope you enjoy the show. Please do follow us at LKTZoom on Twitter for more updates and information. And we're live. Hello, good evening and welcome. It's Sunday night, it's eight o'clock. My name's Julian Hall and you're watching Let's Kill Twitter. This is the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. No easy task, I hear you cry, hear you cry and you're right, it isn't. But thankfully, I've got plenty of people to help me tonight. I've got two fantastic guests, the comedians Josh Howie and Paul Tonkinson, and it's time to welcome back my co-host, Sajila Kershey. Oh, as if by magic. <laughs> Bad time to go blank hey, there, Sajila. Hey, there we go. She's here. She's here. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Do you remember Twitter? Uh, just barely. Gosh, I had a nice detox by not being on Twitter much whilst I was uh, away. Uh, so it's quite, it's quite uh, exciting to get back into the hub of it all. All the gossip, all the anger, all the wah. <laughs> yeah, well, it definitely focuses the mind uh, having, having you back because I think I've paid a lot more attention to my Twitter feed just lately. Although, let's face it, the stories that you know with the sleaze and everything else, there's been there's been an awful lot to sort of watch out for. And we've got, I mean, we have got a very packed program tonight. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to pick out a couple of things that have caught our eye just to give everyone a flavour of the show, and then we're going to introduce our guests, get them on, and then get sort of knee-deep into the tweets, essentially. Just before we pick out our uh, tweet of the week, uh, let me just say to everyone streaming, first of all, watching the stream, I should say, thank you very much. Uh, We're now streaming live across YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Uh, If you give us a subscribe on YouTube, that would be fantastic. That's where all our previous shows and clips are. And crucially, of course, Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at LKTZoom. That's spread liberally across the screen. Obviously, we're screen sharing the account. Uh, If you do that, you can engage with us live during the show. And that's where we'll be posting updates and clips and all the rest of it at all other times. So that's the finely honed admin out of the way. Sajila, did you have a, a tweet that you wanted to share in particular this week? Um, well, do I want to share in particular? I, th- I th- well, I don't know whether to start with something light or not. Um, but I, I did catch a few. I've been looking at more the sort of light-hearted ones uh, as possible, though this one's probably in between, which is, um, uh, and I can't remember which of the two we, we said I was going to go for. But I, uh, think I thought you was... went. For, didn't you go for millennials? Oh yes, yes. I think the I'm, other one that I'm trying to shush a yeah. millennial behind me, a, mil- a millennial slash uh, Generation happen. Z. <laughs> yeah, that's my son. Like trying to like be easy noisy behind me. So yeah, the tweet is um, yeah, it, it's from Amelia Antrim, uh, luxuriously haunted. 
Right, uh, and she's got a great uh, like thread. Basically, she says, I hate the whole Gen Z versus millennials crap. So this one it. gets me. The way that corporate environments and society at large prioritise punctuality to the point of placing moral weight on it is some ableist puritanical bullshit. Uh, and it's ba like basically she's commenting on, a, on an article that was in the Times about the punctuality of Generation Z is apparently a constant source of tension for anyone a little bit older. And I, and I was thinking, because um, obviously like a lot of people, you know, they're saying the times that, uh, it, yeah. you know, our generation thinks it's really important to be work at 9am, no matter what you're doing. And Jen Z is saying, what's the point? I've got better tech at home. And I kind of think I am a bit sort of like my son accuses me of it as well, because I'm always on the phone, that he thinks I'm a bit of a millennial generation Z. And I, I don't, as you know, I'm a terrible timekeeper. <laughs> and I, I know in the past at work, I've been told off and, you know, been seriously told off for being two minutes late. And I just thought that was ludicrous. And I don't know, I mean, I know comedy, you've got to be on stage on time and stuff. But, it, it, you know, do two minutes really make a big difference in, in, a, in a corporate world? Um, and so I, it's all kind of also ties in with a, a few of the other things that have been said about um, Gen Z, who uh, that they are, they're getting younger people into the workplace to kind of uh, make it a more uh, forward-thinking kind of environment because they're, they're they're better equipped. And I was also comparing that to comedy because you know we go on about the the new kids on the block, but actually the new kids on the block they're doing all right. You know they're doing you know did this year's uh, you know crop of um, the the uh, live at the Apollo. Uh, all young and fresh and actually I was you know I, I, I felt good about that I thought that was that was a good thing uh, they bring fresh blood but generally speaking I do think creatives we are we do think outside the box so I think we are all perhaps and put it out to our, our guests as well and yourself uh, a little bit Gen Z trapped in Gen uh, are we I don't know I'm not sure I mean I've gone lost track of millennials and Gen Z. I mean, basically, millennials is just the term you use for all younger people now. You almost like forget about Gen Z. But so, I mean, obviously, we've had a first technical hitch of the evening because I haven't been able to find the tweet. Who, what's the who's the person that's tweeted it? Um, so the person that tweeted it, and let me go back, uh, is Amelia it. Antrim. Right. Okay. Um, she has 913 followers. She's a co-host of uh, Creation Cast and mm. G5R yes, podcast. Um, so yeah, I just and she's a, she describes herself as a a, a, um, a poly boy. So I'm not sure what that is, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm going to follow her. I think but, we should all. No, follow you her. should absolutely. I, I'm just struggling to find that tweet now, which is annoying because I could have sworn I'd lined it up uh, and ready. But there you go. But thank you for playing gamely on whilst that <laughs> happened. Oh, never mind. All right. Well, listen. Um, I well, you you certainly the podcast listeners are, are going to be all over that, so that's fine. Um, I picked out uh, the meme that's come from um, the House of Gucci, which is a new film with uh, Lady Gaga, Jared Leto, and Adam Driver. And I say it in that order. Yeah, thanks, Martin. Regular view of the show. Slick, he says. Yes, I know. I'll recover from that. Um, oh, there we go. And there it was all along. There she is, Amelia Antrim. I hate the whole Gen Z versus millennials crap, but this one gets me. The way corporate environments and society at large priorities, punctuality to the point of placing moral weight on it. It's some ableist, puritanical bullshit. I mean, I get, totally get this, um, 
you know, because we've had a lot of issues with this in terms of lockdown, in terms of people working from home and all the rest of it. So I think that's, you know, that is added to this issue of, you know, the, what they call it on timeism or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, no, totally. So I picked out um, the House of Gucci, as I say, which is, uh, so this was a shot from the uh, premiere and it's got Lady Gaga, Jared Leto and Adam Driver in that order. And it's just perfect because obviously the contrast in fashion styles here, I mean, it's Gaga being Gaga essentially and a very snazzy Jared Leto and a very dapper Adam Driver. But it's just a beautiful meme because it's, um, it's I think it's knocked off the head turner meme at the moment it, because it's just, the, the contrast is so perfect. I particularly liked a lot of the journalists who picked this up. So Marie Leconte, uh, described it as uh, magazine features and news, um, which is lovely. And then Hannah L. Othman from the Sunday Times, filed copy, edited copy and lawyered copy, which I loved as a, as a former journo that really spoke to me. Uh, the original tweet, I, well, I think it's one of the original tweets because everyone is quote tweeting it from Nick Dennis, had barristers, solicitors and accountants. Uh, so I had a little bit of fun with that. And I went for Narco Series 1, Narco Series 2, and Narcos Mexico series one, basically to try and give an idea of the arc of how sort of showy the first two uh, narco series were, because it was all um, Pablo Escobar, and then how relatively straight-laced the first series of uh, Narcos Mexico was. But I have to say, Narcos Mexico does uplift, so keep watching, because Narcos is fantastic. So that's, uh, that's uh, a little runway into our uh, tweets of the week. We have got a packed i would say post bag but that's a little bit uh, old school to say post bag we have got a packed selection of tweets uh tonight and we've got two fantastic guests chomping at the bit to get into the zoom room so let's quickly run down uh who everybody is uh so Julie, you're still on mute so i might introduce paul and then i'm going to get you to introduce josh um it's a it's a particular pleasure to introduce paul to you tonight because uh, I, he's one of the first comedians that I ever saw when I was really getting into stand-up comedy. He used to be a regular down at Warwick University's Comedy Superstore. Uh, and Paul was one of the first comedians I saw there. Uh, twice voted Time Out Comedian of the Year. Paul's been seen on BBC One's Michael McIntyre's Comedy Roadshow, Comedy Central's The Comedy Store and The World Stands Up. And also uh, he, well, very memorably won Channel 4's Celebrity Come Dine With Me. Uh, he also presented the Big Breakfast on Channel 4 back in the day and all presented on XFM. His live works included joining Michael McIntyre as a special guest on his live shows around the UK, but also playing to millions across the globe. And he's, provide, uh, he's performed at all the major international comedy festivals, including uh, the Montreal Just for Last Festival that Josh has also played. Uh, and Paul hosted the esteemed Britcom Gala. In fact, I might even have been there that year. I'm not sure, but it's, uh, it's a brilliant gala to, to play. Paul's also a regular entertainer for the UK Armed Forces and has performed in Afghanistan and Iraq, playing to two and a half thousand troops in 45 degrees heat. So Twitter should be a breeze. So Gila, you're going to introduce 
Josh for me. I know, I know. That's really that's really impressive. Like CVs, guys, <laughs> really impressive. <laughs> well, um, I'm I'm really pleased to have both of you here and 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 to welcome the next guest. Who the last time I remember seeing him was I think we did a clowning course together. Uh, it's Josh Howie, who's a comedian writer. He's appeared on Dave's as yet untitled, two series of Comedy Central show, The Comedy Store, The World Stands Up, Connie Blue. What hasn't he appeared on on that those channels? Um, and he spent four years writing uh, as a writer presenter on the movie geek on sky movies and was a writer and star of bbc radio for a sitcom um by you know with his own name in it josh howie's losing it nominated which was nominated for a bbc radio award and uh, josh has also written and performed four solo shows for the edinburgh festival uh, to sell out runs at the theater uh, soho theater as well uh, and you can currently although he tells me that this this biog is now out of date no, but this, this is the this is the bit that isn't <laughs> Okay, so okay, you can be seen on Netflix comedy Hapless, which I must set my 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 uh, you know to play to on my list to things to watch because I have an intravenous trip attached to set Netflix in the last uh, six months. I've done nothing but watch Netflix um, and off stage uh, and and off screen. You you know Josh has contributed to various articles in the Guardian, the Times, and the Daily Mail, and I'm sure he has a lot to say about tweets, tweeters, twitters, tweets that you. You've been seeing in the past um, week or so. So welcome, Josh, and welcome, Paul. Really good to see you guys again because I haven't seen you for a long, long time. Hi, guys. You're yeah. in the room now. You're in the room with us. Fantastic. Thank you. Really it's, nice. it's, it's, it's amazing when you hear your CV, you realise you've actually done stuff. Yeah, that, <laughs> people say that a lot. It does take that. It, it, it just because it, it's easy to. It's, it's quite nice actually, isn't it? It's quite nice. And you didn't mention Paul's book, which just won an award. Oh, what yeah. the. Uh, what the Daily Telegraph Sports Entertainment Book of the Year award? Yeah, that one. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> I was going to get that in at some point, but yeah, what? I mean, it's just yeah, it's some denying. It's just nice, though, isn't it? And your and your CV sounded great, Josh. It sounded well, good. you know what? It's just they left off that I do the TV reviews for the Jewish Chronicle, and uh, that's my core audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. As we're going to find out in the in the. In oh the... yeah, yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so Paul, why don't you tell us about the uh, the book? The book is called uh, 26.2 Miles uh, to Happiness, a comedian's tale of running red wine and redemption. And it's a sort of comedic psychodrama kind of exploration of me trying to beat three hours for the marathon. And, you know, it's fairly funny and entertaining. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it came out just as the pandemic broke. So it all made it a little bit weird, but it's done. It's, it, it's done. It's done well. And they're, they're, I'm, I've, they've recently commissioned me to write another one, so that's so I'm going to have to do a bit more running. <laughs> <laughs> I've reached that stage. I've reached that stage, and I, I don't in fact know whether I'm going to be able to because I keep getting injured. So it's going to be interesting, but I'm going to write another book. And it's been great. I love writing. It's fantastic. I've always wanted to ask a writer how long does it take you to to, to write these books? Um, I've had a few writers, you know, comedians who've written books, and I've never got a chance to ask them. Like, how yeah, it, it probably, take you? It probably. I mean, I, I did a lot of uh, pre-planning for the for the book, but when it came to the actual writing, I, I just sat down and did like fifteen hundred words a day. The book's eighty five thousand words. It, it was probably about three three and a half months, but I did it quite solidly, and I knew every day I knew what I wanted to write about. Very enjoyable way to live. Really, really good fun actually, because you just. Sorry, my wife's creeping around. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we like. We like keeping <laughs> um, No, it, it was very enjoyable and, and much more relaxing than driving around doing loads of gigs all the time. So it was great. Yeah, it was, it was really good fun. Yeah. 
Josh, you've written articles, I know, but have you have you written like books that we don't know about that we? No, I haven't read a book. I like to write about fifty words a day. Yeah, well, on Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> Not even like even one tweet is like that's me done for the week. Yeah, you're, like, you're, you're a bit more economical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're Twitter novelists. <laughs> but just, I noticed that in the Observer, I think it was that hapless was was uh, being trailed as um, well, I've got the journalist now, Vanessa, Vanessa, wasn't it? Um, who wrote yeah, it's it. my Vanessa wife actually. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that why I was trailed as the UK? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, That's why they did a nice big picture of me. No, no, not at all. My wife's a therapist. Much more useful as she needs to be. As yeah. she needs to be, exactly. <laughs> What was, it, training. what was it? It was trailed as the UK's version of um, of Curve, of Curve, which is a pretty big comparison, really. Yeah. It's not, but, but it's. Uh, I just wanted no, to hear good. that from you, Josh. That was yeah, no, I'm, look, it's well, not. Well, it's, it's got Jews in it, and that's the. Is that where the similarity ends? It, it, you know what? It is funny, and it's got those kind of scenarios of someone seeing things through to their conclusion someone who's got their own morality and is willing to go that extra level if you you you, you are walking around with you is like walking around with a, a much poorer larry david isn't it yeah it's, it's larry david pre larry david without kids hanging out with me i know well, this, yeah. it's really weird because everybody said when curb came out and people were like god that's so much you're you know not to me but like everyone you go online people go oh my god that's so much like me and I'm like, mm. you, it, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm the real person. You are a bit like that. Would, would you recommend, if you weren't in it, would you recommend watching? I would, yeah. And I, got, know, and I, I like it, it because it's got a, um, it's got a very um, English sensibility to it. Okay. As well as, so that's what I like about it is it's not, you know, I love Curb, but, you know, it's all in LA and it's all golf it's clubs and good, restaurants. Good yeah. yeah, and this is, but I do have an interesting thing where next week I have to review it for the Jewish Chronicle. Okay. And so I'm gonna, very messy, very messy, yeah, totally. It? And I'm reviewing yeah. it, I'm not, and I'm not changing my name or anything, and I'm going to give it five stars, and I'm going to basically spend the whole 500 words talking about how amazing this guy called Josh Howie is. Of course you are. Yeah. And just <laughs> not even, but not say <laughs> that I'm Josh Howie, just be like, just like this guy is the latest heartthrob, he should be leading Hollywood. I just do 500 words about how attractive this guy is, and then just leave it. And then it's, like, it's like Malcolm Hardy reviewing his own show in Edinburgh. Secretary, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Into the Scotsman, yeah. That's it. But this time they might publish it, which would be uh, which is good. There is that. I, I I couldn't remember if that one slipped past them or not, but yeah. Um, is it your first acting role? Uh, I've done a few short films and some plays and stuff, but yeah, this is the first thing that sort of human beings might see beyond just, yeah. uh, the niche audience. Of human yeah, beings. but it's good about it. I had my first sort of recognition type thing. One of the dads near my school just said, oh yeah, I was walking past with someone else like down the road and I pointed you out, so there's my mate Josh. He went, oh, I think that's the guy in Hapless. And um, I can't tell you how warm so, that made me feel. You're going to be insufferable. I can't it, tell you how many times I've masturbated since gonna, that happens. It's going to be awful. If you, do, if you become really famous, it's going to be awful. It's going to be I awful. genuinely, really, really first of all, I don't think I'm going to be really famous. <laughs> but, I don't mind me, but I think also there's a theory about fame where you, your maturity level stops 
I read this in a really funny book, which I can't, can't remember, but your maturity level stops. So Michael Jackson became but famous at sort of seven. It stops at the point you become famous. Yeah, and then as soon as people start saying yes to you and being nice to you, you've got no reason to develop your personality any further. Yeah. And yeah. then Ashton Kutcher, he's like 17-year-old for the rest of his life. And mm. if you look at the cool people in Hollywood, like John Hamm and George Clooney, they made it in their sort of late 30s or 30s, 40s. They mm. spent 10, 15 years as waiters. They knew what reality was like. So did you get famous when you were, real, when you were a kid then? Because you don't seem to have developed... <laughs> My point, Paul, is that if I got famous, hopefully I would be less of an asshole than I would have been 10 or 20 years ago. Like, I, I would I, still yeah. be an asshole, but I wouldn't be as much of an asshole. I, I think there's some truth in that as well, because actually... Um, I am an asshole, thank yeah, you. No, there is, we have yeah. these conversations in car journeys where the younger, you know, when you have like a younger comedian getting through really quickly, mm. they can't handle they can't handle the fame or all that recognition all that kind of accolade and and it's just you know they can go a little bit crazy mm, and the ones mm. that you know have like been around for a while and then get their break um you know i, I think they've got they've, they've got a bit more grounding and it's, okay, it's yeah, very yeah, easy yeah. for okay. young and impressionable to get caught away caught up by all that um kind of recognition the fame part of it mm, the money mm, yeah. um it can be not quite, everyone that's not like all, everyone you might not remember, but there was a guy who got very famous quite quickly, and then just Jack Whitehall, his name was, and then he just, just he sort of had a breakdown, and then it, that was it. So it can happen too quickly. Yeah. Because who and knows he, what he would have got onto. Jack. Having known him before he got famous, he's actually very. He was actually a very lovely guy. Someone else, you know. So I don't know how what he became like after the fame, but yeah well, he's right. now. He's, hasn't he just announced that he's he's giving up stand-up actually that's what i'm saying like he yeah, just yeah, didn't yeah. handle it anymore he's okay. massive is, is, I, is this your personality that you're that you're developing josh here? is this, is this i'm trying <laughs> i think we could be doing ashton kush's moisturizing regime big disservice here to be fair but yeah i i think that's actually going to lead us on to uh, a tweet immediately because uh, i had another sort of thought about the direction we were going but let's start with it's sort of firm Brady quote, quote tweeting Joe Caulfield. Oh, oh yeah. Um, since we've mentioned young comedians, comedians generally. Um, so let's have a look. Uh, Which, me... I chose this. This made me sad, really, because firm Brady, I think, is, is really fun. So, and also, I'm, you know what I'm doing? I'm going to explain the tweet because I actually yeah. listened to the podcast. Just So you can't see, if you, you know, obviously, if you're exactly. on the podcast. But basically, it's firm taking them. You know, Joe is kind of, Joe Caulfield is a really funny comic. She she wrote a comment a comment basically saying that you know see that you know that's there's that wanker comedian who isn't really a comedian it's like she's saying that's her shouting at the television uh, because she's angry because they would never make it in comedy clubs and then Fern Brady has sort of retweeted that saying ha ha I'm reading this while spending all my ad money and screw you and it's it's a bit it's sad because first of all they're both funny. Um, and and secondly, you know, Joe's got a point, but she didn't mention Fern Brady. She was talking about Fern, and I, I'm guessing this coming more from Fern's insecurity that she would be talking about her. Fern, I've done the gigs with Fern; she's really funny. So it's, it's just, um, I don't know. It's just I don't like it when I see comics laying into other comics. Really, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's kind of, uh, but I mean, you know, Twitter, as, as as we know, can be quite an ugly place. It, it, isn't it just an expression of? But Joe, Joe Caulfield's hilarious. 
It's a bit of a bitter comment to start with, isn't it? So yeah, bit, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's a little bit. It just feels a little bit unnecessary. So to, to, to just kind of slap it down because she's because she's she's actually attacking loads of comics by yeah, yeah. by inference. Um, and I just think it's a bit of an odd one to. It depends what your policy is on, on, on tweeting, isn't it? I don't tweet that much. I retweet a lot. I, hmm. I go on Twitter a lot when I'm drunk watching football. I try and do silly things or whatever. But, but some people, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a vent for anger, isn't it? So, but a sort of, I, I, I've never tweeted something like that, basically. I would never. But do you think that? I mean, there are people I watch on TV and I'm just sort of amazed that they're... But that's the world, isn't it? That's yeah, okay. that is the world. And you that, just that's kind the of... I mean, fun, funny club comics get the experience of being in a, in, a, in a comedy club, making 300 people laugh, absolutely cry with laughter. That's an intensely pleasurable experience. I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that. I, I, do, I'm, I do mostly comedy clubs. I'm absolutely fine with it. It's, 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 it's an amazing experience that I'm constantly grateful for. I don't know. It just, it just felt like... I, I think they're both a little bit in the they're both a little bit in the wrong, but you can't put yeah. a, you can't <laughs> just, you can't just spread bitterness like that and expect nothing back. You know that's that was. I'm my just going to sort of say that I didn't see this as a. I thought there was. I I was like, okay, what's the joke? I didn't see that Fern was being bitchy necessarily, but and the and and then the comments that are made. I've seen a lot in my timeline on Facebook on mm, on, on mm. Instagram and stuff. And um, you know, and and and, uh, and you know, all people, all parties concerned are very funny and very <laughs> successful in their own rights. I agree. You don't need to send, send, you know, throw a fellow comrade under the bus. Yeah, And, yeah, and yeah. I do think that um, we've got to get over this culture we have. And it, like I said, we we seem to see it a lot in backstage green rooms, you know, car journeys. With it's, it's it is it is a bitter as much as there's a lot of love and um, comradeship. There there is a lot of anger, bitterness. And resentment on on people who are successful. Maybe that is just the fucked up, screwed up people that we are. But mm. um, I just think, well, can't we just be a bit more? You know, certainly in the last year, it's been like I, I've I've genuinely enjoyed watching people, uh, comedians, creatives doing stuff. You know, in the most testing times, and I'm like, yeah, go for it, go, you know, do it. That that's mm. great. And even those mm. who who are on TV, they're not necessarily the club comics like yourselves who, you know, who are ripping up rooms. Yeah, but maybe there should be another genre. They're not... No problem with it at all. Was, yeah. was it set at that, that time thing there? Does that mean it was set at 12 p.m.? Ferns? Or what, does the time thing on the tweet? Uh, um, I don't know, day, it was like yesterday, I think it was, or something. 12 sort of p.m., does it? I'm just basically working out whether Fern was drunk when she sent it. Because <laughs> that's a completely different thing. It's such a, a dangerous scenario, isn't it, to be drunk with a phone? I mean, it's like it could, that you could end your career. You could. I mean, there's so many possibilities now, isn't it? Just, you almost speak to Andrew Lawrence. You know, that, yeah, was, that, that was, I think, was just a late drunken tweet. I really think that's what. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You almost need to kind of. There's that line in uh, Sideways, isn't it? Did you did you drink and dial? It's like we need D and T. Did you drink and tweet? Because it's a dangerous. It's a very dangerous exactly. area, isn't it? And a very it's, valid point to make on this programme. So yeah, out there, yeah. please be careful. <laughs> yeah, right. And your phone. Hey, <laughs> sober folks. Well, can I just quickly ask before we move off this, is this a sort of tension between Edinburgh comics and club comics, essentially? Is that what... Yeah, is, is that there, might, there might be a bit of that. We, cer we yeah. certainly live in a, in a climate where uh, you look at some of the builds on Live at the Apollo and, um, and a lot of them, you know, 
a more sort of Edinburgh acts and the, the club acts are like, oh, they can't cut it in the clubs, you know, stick them on at half ten, you know, try and follow me. But it's sort of, doesn't, it's not really that important. Some some comics, some club comics make it through yeah. and the audience is sort of, they, they, they make their own decision, really. They, they, they make their own. I mean, like Live at the Apollo 10, 15 years ago was basically like a, a, a lot of club comics coming on. Uh, and it was on at Saturday on Saturday night on BBC One, BBC Two. It's now on Monday night on BBC Two. It's marginalised itself through the choices it's made. There's no need to be bitch about that. That's just a fact. It's reduced its own audience. And that's not. I mean, let's not be deluded. They, they, I mean, I mean, let's not. Be, let's be honest. The the quality isn't the same. Yeah, you know, yeah, you've yeah, got, yeah. When it is, people have been doing stand up twenty, thirty years, and now the people on it. And I'm, a, you know, I'm a gigging stand up, but there are people I've genuinely never heard of who barely seem to get through the 10 minutes and it's a yeah. very much weaker thing. And the fact is off the curb have got a policy or the book, you know, it's like you have to fit into certain categories. That's just real. That's, yeah, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. that's real as in that's the reality of it. You could choose to be bitter and angry about that or you just go, that's reality now. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's, but that's all I'm saying. There's no point yeah. being bitter about it. That's, yeah. that's okay. That's I mean, I, I do feel that maybe there's some space to some kind of, uh, reality show, uh, sort of, you know, bring back the jonglers format and employ people to start throwing bread rolls at comics. See how they go through that. I don't know. Give it a bit more, give it a bit more life. <laughs> yeah, I've never, be, I've never begrudge anyone anything in, in the industry. It's just, there's just no point. Just, you just, you know, make your own pie. You know, Josh is on the hapless. I write a book. Everyone does their own thing. It's just, it's, 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 it's evens out. I think, I think that's it. Everyone has their own thing, and it's yeah, absolutely. All the time and energy people and I, and I am i'll be honest i'm bored of oh i never get booked for that gig i never get i never i never it's like so do you know what just go and do your own thing do it your own way there's there's are other other things tv absolutely. and you know it's not the be all and end all you know of absolutely. everything absolutely yeah there's, there's, so, there's so many different platforms now and that's part of the reason why it's harder to really crack through on it. TV almost doesn't mean as much as it used to do in the stand-up comedian's career. 10, 15 years ago, there was less stand-up on telly. There was less channels. Now there's so many. It's that the multiplicity dilutes its effect. So, mm. Which happened in America as well. Yeah. But I can understand Joe's frustration, I think, because... Yeah, but, I mean, she's been on telly. She's a great comic. She, she's a, you know, she earns money. She's hilarious. You know... It's oh, hashtag yeah. plow your own furrow, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's a successful yeah. comic. She's just yeah. like, you know, she's just had a moment there, hasn't she, where she's like, yeah. and that's, to yeah. be honest, it's it's more within her persona as well. It's sort of, she can be a little bit like that on stage, and so that's fine. But it's, yeah. As, as Gila said, it's it's also just seeing the comments afterwards. Uh, like, I haven't seen of, the comments afterwards. Yeah, just yeah. like, just not, you know, she, oh, she, who's she? She's not funny. It's like, no, she's funny, man. She's probably yeah, yeah. funny. And yeah, that, yeah. that's what got my back up, and Fern sort of opening up to that and you think that there is a community. Let, let's, let's face it you're just you're just fermenting uh, you know deliberately <laughs> in the comedy circuit you? you brought this deliberately to divide us haven't you suits so yeah. your sense of humor yeah. or... well, so you just basically of... wanted to do like a britney version of uh you know, leave, Joe, leave Joe alone. He's trying to wind yeah. his all up so he can get more gigs. <laughs> well, he had both their gigs. Speaking of winding, so this is segue very nicely. Where, where was this segueing earlier when I was stuffing around? So this is the division and sowing the seeds of division. This is uh, one of your uh, selections, Paul, um, from Danny Finkelstein. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you want to just do the same, just not read read it out uh, or read yeah, the yeah, stuff yeah. It, it, it's, it's basically what we've sort of been talking about, really. Comics round with comics. 
this is sort of football fans around with football fans. And it's uh, and it's not it's not at the highest level of football. It's it's, it's Wheelston playing Barnet, and some guy uh, Simon Jefferson has tweeted, "Wankers, see you mugs in February. See how you deal with defeat. Cowardly pond life, wankers." Uh, and that's at Barnet from Wheelston. And Daniel Finkelstein is a very uh, very moderate moderate voice, and I really like his writing. Said, "I just love this tweet as it concerns a one 0 home victory for Wheelston over Barnet. We're looking for the reason for polarized politics." And maybe it's just humans. It's that sort of, um, it's a narcissism of small differences, isn't it? It's just like, we like to row. Even during the pandemic, we were rowing all the time. <laughs> Joe's rowing with, uh, Joe's rowing with Fern. Josh loves a row. I like a row. I'm constantly on about football. I spent the last week wanting Oli Gullazolskjaer to get sacked and disappointed he isn't. I've been rowing with, Man- even fans of the same team row. I've been rowing with Manchester United fans. We just like a row. We just, we just look, and this, but this is, this is just perfect. Even if there's loads of similarities between us, and it's like every every side feels put upon, and it would just forever thus. It would just be like it's this, this, this is it, isn't it? It's human nature, right here. We're some. It doesn't matter how micro you get. Yeah, <laughs> the way there's a famous uh, Jew- Jewish joke actually, which is like uh, that. The uh, someone, the Jewish guy's on a desert island, and after twenty years, he gets picked up by a big ship. And he sort of says the Torah and he says, what's that? He goes, oh, that's my synagogue. And then next to it, there's another synagogue built next to it. And the guy goes, well, what's that? He goes, oh, that's the synagogue. I'd never join that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, it's, it, it, and you can, you can, you know, if you're in a decent mood, it's hilarious. And if, you, if you're a bit tired and you've got low blood sugar, it's absolutely tragic. But either way, it's just the reality of life, isn't it? We will always be just always rowing on Twitter. Sometimes it's a lot it of health warnings. It's like, yeah, don't, yeah. Be, don't be drunk, don't have low blood sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't be human beings. It's just funny, man, funny. And, and for me, it's tickling me because it's, cause it's football and just football fans constantly rowing. And as I say, within the same club, I, I support Man United and just the fans are rowing all the time. But all fans row with each other anyway, you know. So it's just, it was just, it was, it was, more, a, it was more a sort of meta comment on the nature of Twitter, really, that he's kind of encapsulated there. It speaks to the whole thing of, of this whole idea that people always used to say. People wouldn't say this in real life. They say they, they'd say it on Twitter, they wouldn't say it in real life. And I think I wonder if that was ever entirely the case, and B, yeah. whether it's actually even less the case now. Because what people put on Twitter is quite often what they want to say in real life. Yes, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's like, it's like the id, isn't it? It's just out there, isn't it? It's sort of it's sort of, it obviously makes people more confrontational, but it's but it but it's what they're thinking. I mean, he's just you know he's you know if it, I'm sure if this guy Simon Jefferson was in the ground, he'd be he'd be shouting at the bloke over. <laughs> you know what I mean? He just can't can't be bothered to go to the ground anymore. You know, it just saves time. You know. I mean, without Twitter, I guess it would have been, um, you know, your mates would stop you because oh, I want, I need to tell that man what you just, and they'd be like, no, mate, leave it, leave it, leave it out. Yeah, yeah, and there'd yeah, probably yeah, just yeah. be more like pub brawls and fights. Yeah. Um, but we <laughs> yeah. just now have verbal spats on. Yeah, maybe. Well, 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 it's interesting, this sort of disconnect between Twitter and real life, because uh, chatting about Man United fans, that, that there's been a big, there was a big online petition about protesting against a, uh, Oli Gunnar still be manager and it built all week, but it was mostly Twitter fans. It wasn't sort of real, real, you know, there's a row between the real fans and the Twitter fans. And they had this demonstration and uh, only about 12 people turned up, you know, so it's that sort of disconnect. It's like we can be really loud and angry on Twitter, but when it comes to actual real life action, well, it's like Twitter warriors, isn't it? It's the easiest thing in the world to be a Twitter warrior politically, but to actually do something to affect change is, 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 is a lot harder, isn't it? 
It's funny we didn't. We normally. I, I don't. Are you still doing the question where we find out where our guests, um, you know, Twitter moment, defining Twitter moment was, where either you've had a tweet that's like gone viral or, you know, gained thousands of followers. Do Do you guys have that moment or a tweet that? Well, I, I used to use Twitter as it was. It was almost like a notepad. Like when I started, when it was ten years ago or so, mm. I would literally mm. just go oh, that's funny, and then just write, you know, any ideas for a gag or any scenarios for, like, a sitcom idea, I would just write it down, and that literally was my notepad. And I'd see if it got retweeted or liked or tagged or whatever it was, and to see if there was any sort of, you know, um, yeah. any legs in it. Uh, so all that, so when you look at my Twitter, like, like it, it, that's what it was. It was just a bunch of gags. And then uh, Corbyn came into power... <laughs> And then it just descended into this hellhole of anti-Semitism over the last yeah, five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nightmare. I want to go back to just writing stupid puns and silliness. Um, but, but, but it's like it's. But, just... but that, that's a, that's an interesting thing about about Twitter, isn't it? Because it's almost like because I was looking through all, all my uh, all, all my, my my Twitter feeds and uh, in the last couple of days, just thinking about this and what tweets I liked and stuff, and you realise that. A lot of the people who you follow and the tweets and stuff, you're not particularly interested or, or sort of want. You become victim of your own feed, but of course you choose your own content. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be lost in in a row about anti-Semitism. I mean, it, 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 you've chosen that. That's it. That that that. That's, well, that's you know, but then there's, there's a whole echo. You know, the point is you follow one person, you like yeah, their tweets. There's a lot out there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, I tend to accept a lot a lot of people as friends and just sort of from different sides and stuff. And in a way, that's sort of worse because then you're just like ingesting chaos. It's just multiple views of absolute chaos and rouse and exhaustion. But all I'm saying is we choose our content, isn't it? You, you, yeah. you choose. It's a slow, but it's a slow choice, I think. Yeah, it's it's not like you go, I'm going to follow. All yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and, 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 then, and then a year later, you look around, you realise this is what I've... This is what this, this is where I've been drawn into. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. It's yeah, no, that was it. Watching, going through my last week and just mm. even going through the likes, it was just... Everything was the trans debate and anti-Semitism. Right. And that was well, it. Going, going with that, Josh, yeah, it was good. nicely to, <laughs> yeah, to, to uh, one of your tweets um, from Eve Parler. Just, yeah, just um, picking up with Superfan Martin, our monologues that are internal for a reason, is what he's saying. Yeah. That's I saw true. that. That's, That's right. He's right. Thanks, good Martin, point. for that. Absolutely. So, listen, <laughs> Thanks so, for engaging there, by the way, Martin. Yeah, there we go. Can read that out? Let, tell us why you picked this, Josh. Actually, yeah, if you want to... Um, yeah. There's so Eve Barlow, she's really she she she's a, a Zionist. She lives she's a Glasgow Jew who lives in LA. Was a music journalist, and I, like me, she kind of just kind of got sucked into it. Mm. But she's much more uh, visual, and she tweets a lot more about it. The great, by the way, the best thing about being Jewish in this scenario is that there are other people who can say stuff a lot better than you can, mm. who are more eloquent, more witty, whatever it is. So I, the other thing that I point out, and this isn't about anti-Semitism, is just that my, uh, when I was really fighting it and arguing with people, like this is like 2018, 19, I mean, I was on it, I was writing all the time, tweeting all the time. But recently, it's I maybe only do one of my own tweets a week or two tweets. A lot of my business is, is retweeting or yeah. Um, yeah. liking and, and that, and that's, and I'm, and I'm on Twitter a lot, but that seems to have taken over because I'll find stuff 
and that someone just says what I want to say and then there and I just retweet it instead it's just mm-hmm. it's a lot easier that way so she's one of those people there's um and but the point that she's making here is there's a picture this is at the uh COP26 uh there was a big you know uh climate protest which mm. is great yet a big contingent of that was um a lot of Palestinian flags and and this particular sign saying like clean up the JNF um mm. and you're like and this person's made this point where the emissions for Israel uh of CO2 is 0.18% of the world mm. it's mm. just like why is why are those flags dominating the thing and the charity that they're actually protesting in their flyers JNF the uh, Jewish National Front is a tree planting charity like yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. mental yeah, 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 you're, yeah. You're just like, I, it, it's so infuriating. And how people can't see that that is just, for me, out and out anti Semitism. It's not mm. a criticism. There's no direct criticism of Israel's agricultural policies or whatever. Yeah. This is a, a, a localized land dispute. And I'm not saying that that means that Israel's done everything great in that dispute. But what the hell's that got to do with the climate? Like mm. when you're bringing mm. that in to every other protest yeah. movement or whatever it's like why are they not protesting china or india the biggest countries who are actually putting out co2 into our atmosphere at a climate um protest yeah it's, ju- it's just for me that's it's a bit pure anti-semitism it's a bit it's it's a bit tokenistic isn't it it's just totally slammed in there do you know what i mean it's, but no like yeah, what yeah. you know but you, you protest have a protest great a mm. protest israel's actions great why are you there at a, 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 an environmental protest? Mm. Like, yeah. is, like Jews and Israel is like the reason it's like, why it's everything, is, the whole world is... It's like, it's, like, it's like two for one, though, if you're a protester, isn't it? It's like you do being yeah. like, and the Jews at the same time. Do you know I think, think they're also just amazing. Like, it's like they've yeah, got their yeah. one flag and it just means they can go to any protest. <laughs> yeah, of course. Just, they don't want it. It's like yeah. not changing your underwear. Get your Palestinians like just go anywhere. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. You know, that's what it is. Yeah, and everyone's yeah. tight on money. So, you know, yeah, they go out and buy new yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. so Pure laziness. Got, still got yeah. that. Let's just use them from last time. That's all <laughs> I, it is. Just, that's all it was. Do you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> so there's a, so it's just, it, it, so that's, it's just upsetting. And of course, the funny might. thing is I'll retweet that stuff. And the only people who like will like it or retweet it are other Jewish people. <laughs> I don't care. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the problem because I see what you're saying. So, for example, Extinction Rebellion get a lot of flack from people saying, why aren't you protesting uh, the Chinese embassy or wherever it might, or fundamentally the Chinese embassy or what's perhaps now the Indian embassy as well. But, mm. um, and, th- and then they say, well, you know, because, in, you know, Britain's done, they're always reminded what Britain's done in terms of emissions. And, but then, and then they're like, well, you know, it's not so much charity begins at home, but they say we have to still clean up our acts and all the rest of it. And this is an adjunct to that. This is British people protesting in a British city with two, with another agenda. So even though that, even though you could, you absolutely make that point in terms of, like you say, when you retweet it, no one's going to see the logic of that argument because they've, they've, if they've already picked a side, as it were, well, I, I mean, it's yeah. no, for me, it's, there's no side, like there's that, there, well, yeah, I mean, people had their opinions, but it's, I guess the reason why, and this goes to the nature of Twitter, and when I was arguing a lot, it was like, I, it never was about trying to convince the people I was actually arguing with, and I'd go on these threads, and they would just go mm. on and on, I was like having, I'd be in like 10 different threads at the same time, I was absolutely mental, right, and it was not good for my mental was, health. No. Was, and, was this as well as being a dad's? 
Was this as well? Having, as having a dad and five, and five kids. The five kids, yeah, yeah. Five, five kids, yeah. So, <laughs> and then if anything, maybe that was why I was on Twitter. <laughs> I, was like, I don't want to deal with you. It's been easier dealing with a bunch of like far left ranks for the most for the for the most part. And um, but I always felt like, you know, first of all, saying something was 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 enough was a part of the point just to say here is the other view but you would never know who would actually be reading this stuff and then occasionally I would get a really nice email from my website like thank you I didn't really feel like I knew enough to be able to comment this but seeing your so you don't know who sees this stuff mm. but I, I also I would get like death threats and hate mail but that's different thing but that's I, I, famous now that's why yeah no no that's this is pre 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 fake although they did try they did try and do a pile on the corbynites did try and get me a few about a year or so ago uh after i put, put out the tweets about corbyn and they found a joke that i wrote like 10 years ago which mm-hmm. was the gaza strip like do they call the gaza strip is a gaza strip a brazilian that went wrong or something like that. Like if you and actually, it turns out a few other people have come up with a very similar joke. Similar joke, yeah. But they were just like, "How dare you know?" And this is one of those things that I'd write around. I'd be, you know, thinking, "Oh yeah," and put it down on my phone. And they sort of found this thing, and like this was this big gotcha moment. I was like, "Well, first of all, I'm sorry because it's a not a good joke. That's why I feel bad about that. It, it, it's a club joke, isn't it? It's yeah, a it's, it's a club. It's just a club. It's not a great joke, <laughs> you know." <laughs> I think, and then the only thing that I actually winced actually was because I'd written ladies do you is it that something like that and I said that's use ladies as something weirdly I sort of bumped, somehow gotten a bit weird about but I would say women now instead of late like ladies feels more pejorative somehow that, that at least the language changed in the last 10 years so really? I didn't I, the only thing I felt bad about was using the term ladies uh, I didn't care about the joke and it's not a good joke that's why there's, there's a reason why some club comics don't get on the Apollo isn't it yeah <laughs> using the word ladies <laughs> some yeah but the, the the point i wanted to make was and this is what i really would love to say and this is if if anybody is watching this and please to understand this is like when this all the fighting and all this thing was going on with corbyn and this and against Jew, jewish people against father you got like i thought even i thought maybe israel has got like the special department maybe there is something whatever and i've been in it now for a couple of years and it's it's about a core group of about 20 to 30 like Jews in the UK who are like me, like, you know, just normal Jewish people who have a, probably a bit more time on their hand, who are just were seeing what was coming out and seeing like Holocaust denial on the far left and just seeing some mad stuff and just going, wait a minute. No. And 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 then it's so, it's so mental to me to see how. You know, Tracy Ann Oberman and Rachel Riley probably are the most famous of those people. But this person, Eve, there's a guy called Lee Kern, who, who wrote uh, one of the writers on um, Borat. And there's a few higher profile people and, mm. and lots of just very normal Jewish people who like parents who would be at my kid's school or whatever. And it's like it, it was there's no coherent movement. Like we're all part of a gang. Like now I've met no, some no, of them no. in real life, but it's about 30 people. That okay. is what it was standing mm. against. These the sort of far left Corbynites who are probably number between fifty and a hundred thousand people. So it was like in the middle of it, in the sort of 2017, 2018, 19, it was mad. Like it was just like the out the weight, the feeling the numbers and stuff. And you'd peek something and get like two retweets, and then they would 
but you know, hundreds will come and attack mm. you. Mm. It, mm. it was like the disproportion, because there's so few Jews in this country. Yeah. Anyway, it was just mad. So I just want yeah. to say, yeah. you know, of course, I could be like some Mossad agent who's been told to say this, and there really is a department of Jewish media, whatever, and I'm one of the members. But but you could believe that, or you could believe that there's about 30 of us who mm. are just normal people with kids who are tweeting in between putting our kids to bed and whatever, mm. who just had a, reached a point where we were like, someone has to say something to counter this narrative, which is just bullshit. Anyway, that's my point. Anyway, let's get back. That's that's great. And, and, um, you know, thanks for bringing that tweet to us. Um, But we're just going back to what you said about the 30 people. This is all on Twitter. This is all happening. This is all happening on Twitter. So small. Yeah. Yeah. So and so obviously that's then if you've got 30 people who are feeling one way, one opinion, then the rest of the world feels like they are the opposite opinion. How? I'm more interested in thinking, you know, feeling how, finding out how that makes you feel like, oh, you know. Well, it wasn't the 30 people were of like 30 people. Like we had, there were allies and, you know, other people. But I would say there's a core group of people retweeting each other, retweeting each other. um, And, and, uh, but a lot more corbinized. I think the big difference is there's just a, a general indifference or like Paul is a mate of mine. He might see a couple of my tweets. It might inform him what's going on or that but 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 most people and that's fine because why should you know i just for me it's just about getting out the fact that this there is this fight going on you know and i don't feel like that means that the whole country is uh anti-semitic or, or whatever it just means within twitter which is predominantly a very small, part, say, of, a very left, small part of the world though isn't it yeah Twitter absolutely a very, that's a very full spot but but the, in, this, yeah. in this little part of the world which contains actually a lot of academics and and people mm-hmm. and comment and and the the that it felt very one-sided the the debate as such as it was a debate and it was and it was actually worse on facebook because it was people i knew and i don't really like talking about it on facebook because when the election happened i was literally just it, it was it was so horrible people mm-hmm. i've known for 20 years people you know and i'm trying to be nice about it i try to explain i'd send people things like look you may not because it's a very complicated and quite boring subject i imagine if you're not that into it but it's complicated and so i'd have to send like these links to people like yes but exactly so i I reached out i reached out you did paul was one of the because he saw that how hard it was really and in the in this world of comedy which is like a a tradition the majority of a leftist group and i consider myself part of that i've always voted labor traditionally my parents work for labor so it was really hard people you know and people blocking me and abusing me it was it was so nasty and horrible the whole thing paul did thank you that was so nice of you you were li- you were like the only person to actually reach out and um bad you know, there must there must bad. no bad you were, that was that was it mate you were the only one so, you're my only friend so why would anyone <laughs> <laughs> it's disturbing how much worse it, can, it is on Facebook, and I think it's because you know you know those people more than you oh, know no, yeah, people you've had a drink with or whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's more sort of social community, isn't it? It's sort yeah, of, yeah, it was really, really hard and really horrible. And, and I think Josh, you know, you, you kind of raise a really interesting point. Like where, on Facebook, it might be worse, and and it's your friends and it's your colleagues who are not. Um, you know, obviously, I wasn't aware of this. I would, we're not. You know, I wouldn't necessarily have thought there was anything happening with you. Um, but your friends with Paul, but I've also have found that there is a pylon even from our own industry 
of, no. of what is you know pylons are, the, pylons yeah. are and I don't and I don't like yeah. I think it's bullying I think it's bullying and it's nasty and I don't it doesn't matter what viewpoint you have or what way mm. you're coming from every person has a right to be heard which mm. is hopefully what we hope this show was a you know to do so and, and, people have that kind of uh, pylons know. pylons become uh, performative in themselves because because they're, they're piling on for each other to show. So it's like it's like when you get in, when you get in attacked by your gang and everyone, and it's the little kid comes in from the outside and tries to. Everyone's they're not piling on just to have a go at you. They're piling on to show to their mates mm. how they're piling on, and so the yeah. whole thing escalates. And then it mm. starts, and then it'll go to, oh, we need to back off because I've heard they're not uh, they're not mentally well at the moment. And then it just gets worse. They start inferring people who they disagree with are mad, and then it, it just goes on and on and on. It never ends. It's awful. It's distasteful mm. rubbish, you know. Oh, You're God. bad people. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. let's... let's I know. But I got a tweet about ducks, haven't I? Oh, yes, I've got, got a tweet. I, I think, really like that one. I just think <laughs> you bring on the yeah, Here we go. Here we go. This is, this, is, this is slightly less controversial. Um, and it's it's just... It, I, you know, I, I'm into running. And um, this just made me laugh. Mark, Mark uh, Remy's just like... He, he manages to be funny about running, which is quite, quite a difficult thing to do because running's inherently... Can be quite quite a tedious and tiring activity. It's very um, anti-Semitic as well. He's got incredibly <laughs> anti-Semitic. Yeah, he's, he he runs with a Palestinian vest, um, and he's uh, he's uh, a duck ran the New York Marathon uh, last last week. There was a marathon, and a duck famously ran it. And there's footage of this duck running it. Um, so he's just put together. We know that runners tend to bore everyone who knows a marathon who runs a marathon tends to tell all their mates about it. And then this is just a little joke about the duck telling all his mates he's run a marathon. It just tickled me. It's just a bit of fun, really. Yeah, I mean, you wrote a book, so you don't yeah, even... I wrote a, yeah, I wrote it. You literally... I took it even further. Yeah, you, yeah. You, read it to, you read it to ducks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote... He, Paul just goes to the pub, slams his book down on the table, and yeah. just says, read that! That's talk. We don't, we don't have to talk about, about it anymore. About about the marathon yeah so yeah. can people read so, a book yeah. instead of running essentially then is that a of course they can. i mean i mean there's there's it's uh i think people who like running obviously like it but josh josh has never run a marathon and he and, and, and no. paul did inspire me to try and run and i put a photo up of me i should find that tweet there's a photo i put up of me after running half an hour where yeah, i literally was going to die like, <laughs> It was, it was. I was so angry because I was told book. It's so, it's such a rubbish. Book, and it was so inspiring. And I was like, I'm going to support. What a brilliant! I'm going to heal myself through running. <laughs> and then I did it. And literally every step, I was like, "Fuck Paul, that cunt! What an asshole!" <laughs> I was so angry with him. Like it was so horrible. It's great like, to inspire people of... so much. It's great. It's moving, yeah. moving. But How many marathons have you done? I don't like to talk about it. seven. <laughs> seven. <laughs> yeah, my brother's They're doing. They're called uh, now, aren't they? <laughs> seven, seven is good. It's all here in the UK, or, 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 or to be honest, six in London because I'm so I'm quite lazy. And London marathon's fantastic. And then I did one in Yorkshire, which was brilliant as well uh, in York. But London marathon's incredible. It's, it's amazing. But you don't have to run a marathon. It's fine. Did you I wear did. a costume. No thanks. No. Um, in, my first, in, in my first one, I was beaten by people wearing a costume. I have experienced that of people, you know, in, in like full armor, sort of running past me. I've had that, but I, but I managed to get a bit faster in the end. So yeah, it's good fun to laugh. But it's just funny to see a duck in the middle of it all, you know. And it really did run the whole thing. Like it can run 
No, he, he, apparently the duck ran the whole marathon, apparently. That's amazing. God, yeah. that makes me feel really bad. <laughs> <laughs> the trouble is that at the end of the marathon, when they put the, the foil round, it probably thought it was yeah. going to be cooked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a really lean bird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Um, so listen, I mean that. Well, that's nice and lighthearted, but I've still we've still got plenty of choice of things that aren't lighthearted. And we'll make them lighthearted. What about the Simon Edge? Um, well, that's the that well, we've got a choice between uh, vaccine and uh, gender, or or we can talk about wine. I'd love to talk <laughs> about gender. You've knocked out of the park this week, haven't you, Josh? It is your turn, so we'll go oh, to no. your... Uh, right, let's do the gender you, thing. Is it, no, it's not you. Well, this, that is kind of related, but it's actually more hmm. Simon's, isn't it, Simon Edge? Uh, who's Simon right for? Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't even know... Uh, I don't know who he is. Well, there, there he uh, is. It's the voice of sanity uh, in the Twitter housecape. Uh, okay, he wrote the time. world is... Yeah, and but, he's but, written a book too, Josh. He's written a book, yeah, now making me feel... Terrible. Right, I, yeah. Look, this, this, the point of this is, is that... Right. So let's just read, I'm just going to quickly read it out. Every broadcaster, so Simon Edge's tweet runs, every broadcaster, commentator, politician or policymaker using the expression LGBTQ+, which is now obligatory at the BBC, should be asked two questions before they continue. One, Q stands for queer. How do you define it? Two, what does the plus stand for? Uh, and this is in the wake of uh, stuff going on at the BBC. But the last thing I read about that was the news, head of news, Fran Unsworth, telling staff that they would have to cope with things they didn't like to hear. Yes. So they were trying to keep it open, weren't they? Yeah, mm. positions that they like, maybe <clears throat> men shouldn't be in women's sport or whatever, for example. Mm. So this tweet, just this expression, LGBTQ+, and I actually heard it, I went to America a couple of years ago, did some gigs and I was out there, and people, this is was what people say, and you know, you just you just go, yeah, okay, that oh, it's it's LGBT, it's LGBTQ, like you do it because you just want to be a nice person and you want mm. to be inclusive and you want people to feel validated into their identity. And what's the difference? Like adding a thing on, mm. except for the fact that it's like actually, what do these things stand for? This guy is the person that has pointed this out. Mm. You stands for queer. Now, what does queer... Now, there's a few problems with this, my understanding of it. First of all, homosexuals, who maybe you guys know some, um, that's a joke, uh, uh, do... Certainly ones who I knew who grew up in the 80s, 90s, queer was a derogatory term. So that has now been kind of... The idea that's been reappropriated by... Reclaimed, yes. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that used to be a, a, a derogatory term and, a, and not a nice word. And a lot of gay people I know who are a bit older do not like it being used mm, like gosh. at all for start mm. that's number one number two is what does it mean queer and within this whole debate now queer is literally like there's someone's talking about i heard on the podcast saying that someone's saying that they were a t this woman was tall so that she self-identifies now as queer like right. that like the it's point is it just means right. anybody it's a self-IDing thing, which is part of the, the what's going on anyway. But now it's like, I saw Sophie Hagen say, oh yeah, I'm queer. I mean, have you ever gone out with a girl? No. Have you ever had sex with a girl? No. Have you ever kissed a girl? No. Oh, but mm -hmm. I'm queer. No, it's you're become, heterosexual. It's you're become a kind of, you're suggesting it's become a kind of affectation to denote. Absolutely. And she said it in this movie. interview I read, said exactly this. Oh, I just, I hate the idea of being a boring straight person. Right. So people okay. are putting themselves into this a genuinely marginalised group 
of mm. whether that's trans people and and uh, uh, lesbians, gays and bisexuals, and just like because they don't feel interesting enough or their personality or whatever. Is, is, isn't that part of it? I mean, obviously, there's generationally, there's you know, out sort of our generation feel a little bit different and try to understand this. Isn't part of it because we we define it as a, a sort of like a mode of rebellion almost, doesn't it? It's just like it's like we can't get on the property ladder. The job for life's gone. Uh, meet my girlfriend. She's she's called Kevin. Uh, and she's got lovely genitals. Uh, do, do you know what I mean? It's just a bit. Um, are we not meant? Well, that, to, I mean, but that, that. I mean, that that that, 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 that. don't understand. That's what I'm no, saying. No, no, you could be right. That that certainly this idea, I think, of what's going on with gender and non-binary and things like that. that mm. You know, it's definitely related to it. But mm. when the BBC. Mm. And they're in their style guide, and this was covered in this ten-part documentary Stonewall, which is amazing, uh, which yeah. is made actually by the BBC. Oh yes, I've heard, I've heard that's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's it's brilliant, and then that becomes the common usage. But people, it just goes through under the radar, and yeah. just like the same thing, the BBC in their style guide has said that the de- definition of homosexual is someone who's attracted to someone of the same gender. gender. Yeah, yeah. That so- is a big difference yes that means yeah. that a lesbian can, if they attract someone with you know or someone who identifies as lesbian is now gay but they have a peanut you know like it it throws everything up and people yeah, are yeah, yeah. online with the difference in sex and gender and gender mm-hmm. being self-identifying and sex being your biological sex homosexuals i know they are attracted to someone of the same sex Yes, yeah, and that's a massive, massive difference. So this here, so that's like queer. What is that? So it's like it just is such a broad thing now. Mm. And secondly, Mm. the plus makes it even more so. What's the plus? Does anybody know what the plus is? Well, the plus is literally now everything everything. else. I think. Like like, it's so it's it it becomes so broad it becomes meaningless now. So why the plus? Because. I mean, I've got one, a BAME, right? But I'm yeah. not sure that I actually ever agreed to the BAME. I never got the memo. Well, but a lot of people don't it. like the, ba- yeah. the BAME. Yeah, thing. but it's <laughs> like, so am I now the plus? Could I possibly plus? No, I'm well, that's different girl. because that's ethnicity. I've, you know, do you know what I mean? It's like if, 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 if I've done some of the aforementioned that didn't make someone queer, I could be queer. And I'm just putting this out like a, because mm. it's a discussion that we obviously don't see often mm. we we've you know julie and i've spoken about it many times about how we would broach this but genuinely i think there's just not enough knowledge about how we're changing these things because you know i was just joking so i haven't got the memo but i don't know i want to not offend uh, absolutely but that's the song let them but, be who but, they want but so julie the crazy thing is that the that people who use this title have forces through they don't define it that's what's so mental so on this stonewall podcast they interview this guy ben cohen who is head of pink news and they ask him to define certain things like um two spirit and things that are under this umbrella and he is like the expert this is his that this is the whole his organization is built around promoting this ideology and he couldn't define it that's that's how mental but they but they People who are fighting for this stuff are pushing stuff through without knowing having a definition, yet expecting that stuff is going to try to be kind of written in law. But but the BBC has started has pushed back from that as well, haven't they? They've, they've, quit, they've, they've moved they've, themselves they've, on the Stonewall thing. Yeah. What, what you've also got to realise as well is that uh, you know this sort of over concentration on language and self ID and stuff. It's pretty fringe, and it, it, aspects of it might manifest, might not. But most normal people just don't really. But, 
They don't, they, they, they don't well, care that much. They don't, yeah, they don't, but yeah. even that term but, "normal" is like no well, longer also, an I'm, acceptable what, term to use. Yeah, but you, no, well. but no, I know, I know, but, but we all know what that means. I'm not, yeah. I'm not even saying normal. I'm just saying the mass of the populace. But, they, don't care. They, they, they don't want men in, in, in girls' toilets. They don't want that. That's when it becomes a problem. Most people, I'll, we'll, we'll call you, I'll call you whatever you want. I just don't want you walking into the walking into my daughter's changing room and freaking her out. Do you know what I mean? Whilst I understand, and we also said that earlier that you know Twitter isn't the rest of the world when it comes to like percentage of people on Twitter and all, and I, and I understand where you're coming from. And I think there's only been there's been hints of this issue coming out into the mainstream media, you know, when Keir Starmer had to talk about Rosie Duffield, mm. uh, but this very, it's sort of smatterings of it, and maybe if you follow politi- political programmes, you're getting more more of it. But it is, there's a battleground going on inside, whether it's the BBC or the New York Times, and it's the older staff versus the younger mm. staff, and that schism is going through a lot of these institutions, and... I think, I mean, I think it's marginal, I think it's, I still think it's quite... Well, it's only an opinion. I still think it's quite marginal. Mm. I think that if you overfocus on it politically, it's 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 it's, it's, it's over. I, I, I think right. if you overfocus right. on it, the mass will just. I, I think they're just not having it. That doesn't. It's not because they're prejudiced. It's just they just can't be. They just cannot be bothered with it. It's just like there's a basic there's a basic sense of like if the, if there's a guy if 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 a if a guy's gone through male puberty and got really stronger, they don't really want them competing with with girls because it's there's an obvious unfair. Uh, physical advantage they don't want they don't want uh, men with genitals wandering around the daughter's changing rooms and but above and beyond that i don't think they're that bothered it's just i'll call you what you want it's fine Absolutely. i want to be no one is trying to take away mm-hmm. anybody else's rights stop them people living how they want to live Absolutely. anybody could identify and and deserves full protection of the law and uh, the ability to live safely without mm, being attacked, yeah. all of those things. But I guess it always comes down to rights. And what we've never seen before within movement, you know, some people like you compare it to the gay rights movement of the 80s and 90s and going, you know, mm. the, you know, marriage, gay marriage didn't take away from heterosexual marriage. Yes. So it was never about rights. There wasn't a conflict of rights there. Yeah. So now, we have now a there is an, a, a, ge- a real conflict yeah. of rights of uh between people who are mostly 95 percent of people who are self-identified who are trans being actually people who just self-identify as trans i.e they don't take any surgery they haven't had any hormones Mm. and those rights against the rights of biological women and there's a few places that's the conflict yeah sports prisons um and uh changing rooms and it's not a lot and these things these problems are not insurmountable they can be worked out but there's been a sort of movement or an argument to sort of just go, no, because mm-hmm. it's an ideology. It's like, no, men, it's, 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 men should be able to compete in women's sports because they're women. And that's it. And it's it's like, also, can I just maybe take this a little sort of um, like we're talking about Twitter and trying to detox mm-hmm. the timelines, as it were. But obviously the way that um, if you are, if you do have an opinion, which kind of uh, both of you have kind of expressed and quite, you know, valid points of view if they are expressed on twitter that immediately it's been shut down these conversations are shut down mm. by your turf or you know mm. the, you're you're, bigger, you're, you're, yeah, yeah absolutely and obviously if, if, if you know as a, a you know you know belonging to minority groups and you, and you made a really interesting point at the beginning saying that you know it, it's deliberately putting yourself into a marginalized group having been you know 
when you belong to a, a, a literally a marginalized group it is not a pleasant place when you've had the worst of it so of why would you yeah. willingly want to mm. join that mm. and i just wonder what this 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 complete shutting down not allowing this space to have that discussion is that perhaps thwarting the movement in itself is that actually absolutely creating the marginalized absolutely and, you know, you're right so, but stonewall their motto has literally been hashtag no debate because they want this stuff to be pushed through and they have pushed it through with no debate, LGBTQ plus, no debate. Mm. And when you do actually debate and go, well, what does the Q stand for? What does the plus stand for? Then when they can't even define it themselves, mm. it falls mm. apart. So of course, mm. they don't just bring in uh, Dave Chappelle's routine. I don't know if you've seen it and I don't know if that's the one that's been like, um, got all the, you know, um, uh, kind of hoo-ha about it that the lgbt like 20 percent of the alphabet's been used up is that is that the routine because he questions the very same things that you're saying in this tweet um that has got people riled up and calling him uh, that wasn't in his latest special that routine but okay. he, he he does yeah. talk a lot about the trans movement and actually does some incredibly anti-semitic jokes you're welcome to read about them in the Jewish Chronicle. I'm just bringing it up because I know that's the only routine I've seen but, that, but, related yeah. to LGBTQ. But what, but what you're saying about Twitter, you're absolutely right as well, is that the spe here we are talking about it, uh, or mostly me, and I apologise about it because it's something I feel strongly about, but it's um, on Twitter, and I feel a somewhat shame about this. I was, I was kind of sucked. You know, we talked about how, like, you kind of follow one person and then you like their tweets and you then you some they retweet mm. something. That is how you get pulled in. And so that sort of organically happened to me over the last kind of four years and JK Rowling doing it. And I was terrified. I was just getting so upset about it all because I'd see like JK Rowling putting out a, a, a statement that seemed very reasonable to me, you know, and being like inundated with rape threats and death threats. And it was just terrifying because I wouldn't say, wait, I wanted to take a stand and say, no, this is... You know, but I was so scared of what was going on. And seeing my colleagues just like just launching on anybody who dared to say that sex mm. is binary. Like it seems so ridiculous now because here we are and it went to court and now things have changed a little bit. But mm. two years ago, to say the word sex is binary was mm. enough to, I, to, to this whole like, oh, well, cancellation isn't real. It's real. And people talk to each other and you will, that suddenly you're like this right wing fascist Nazi mm. for daring to just say a fact mm. and things have started to change now and there is debate and unfortunately I'm sorry that there are people who are taking that to be a threatening hood to their identity mm. but mm. and that is sad that it's and this is why this person at the BBC had to give this talk the head of the, or near, the new nearly ex-head of news I'd say I'm sorry mm. there are going to be people who who disagree with you that doesn't mean that we have that they need to be attacked, that they can't live their life, shouldn't live their life totally safely, whatever. But I think the problem is that it's like, this is the difference. Like people have made this comparison before, but as we mentioned, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm Jewish. And um, that <laughs> I don't- Left, left no. that to the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the big pullback and reveal. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's like, my identity doesn't top trump anybody else's. You know, so if someone wants to discuss with me or even, a, a, you know, what does that, you know, my belief in a God and these different things, like they're not going to be, um, you know, this idea that like that makes them to question it 
is enough to say, no, that's anti-Semitic or whatever. Like, it's like, no, my belief is my belief. The moment that I have to force it onto you where suddenly, like, say I say, like, Jews refer to non-Jewish people as Gentiles. But if I'm saying to you now, Paul, you have to introduce yourself now as a Gentile every yeah, time. Yeah. You see, otherwise that's going to offend me, my identity as a Jew. Yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. that's like the equivalent of cis or something. Well, well, this is what we're talking about, because ultimately a lot of this is about is about language as well, isn't it? And it, mm. it's about uh, p- people with services or, you know, breastfeeding people or, or whatever. And it's a, so so it's actually um, when you start to when you when you start to want to really change language like that fundamentally, it uh, it's it results in nothing less than the collapse of meaning and, mm. and we descend into chaos. Yeah, that is the that is the opening of your new book. But these these things, it, it's good to discuss these things, and and I, I, I can feel the um, the discussion around them changing a, a, a little bit and becoming slightly less uh, aggressive. In in part, of course, Kathleen Stock lost a job recently. You go down Waterstone's bookshop. There's certain authors who you, you their, their, books are, their books are not are not in, in the uh, hidden in the back room. You have to ask for them to get. You have to ask for like some sort of illicit criminal. <laughs> oh my uh, god, that's yeah. like back in when I bought Satanic Verses, and I they locked the shop, yeah, and then yeah. took me round the back and wrapped it up and gave well, it to me. And I was like, is this really necessary? Can I just well, you know? And it's like, well, why do you need the book? And I said, just want to read it because I had a copy a year ago before the scandal. And now the scandal's broken. I know, Guess what? what? I want to read it. You know? it's but you try and buy a book by Kathleen Stock or Julie Bindle in the uh, local Waterstones down in Crouch End. It's not. It's not. It's not on the shelves. It's not. It's wow. not in the window. You, you, you've got. To, you've got. To, you've got to ask for it. It's crazy. See, this is quite scary when you said, um, you know, Josh, it's like, it's, I know it was you, uh, Paul, saying that it's literally says no debate. Like, you know, so don't want to come mm. out with like, this is it, no debate. And then you can't buy a book, you know, book is, books which are yep. so necessary for us to understand and make, make sense mm. of the world. You mm. know, it's so important for future generations to be having that, to be able to read different, not just yes. in the echo chamber. Yes. So yes. we yes. are, it's not just this issue, it's just, you know with all the things that have been coming up tonight in a very real position of like perhaps you know um losing the freedom that we enjoy as comedians um because Mm. everything is you know going to have to be a lot more thought out Mm. and i don't know uh, about you but i certainly don't want to be in a world where i have to constantly you know check everything that you know i'm saying Mm, mm, mm. i I, I feel it's I don't know whether it's my imagination or because I'm innately optimistic, but I feel it's starting to soften a little bit. I just feel it's starting to reach a space where there's a bit more chat. I don't know, in in some areas. I don't, maybe it's just me, but I don't, I don't know. It just, I think it's yeah, starting. Yeah, there is a shift. Things like there the BBC. Is, I, think there is a, I think there is a shift. Just a and it is good to be careful about the language you use. Well, you don't want to offend anyone unnecessarily. You don't want yeah. to do It's not really about that. Yeah, me. I mean, I also just make the point that obviously, you know, uh, people watching will be like well you know there's no there's no voice there's no alternative voice necessarily in this in this quad that was putting yes of uh, course yeah, you know course. putting a point of view because they might be trans or queer or, or however they'll turn themselves but you know i think the debate could i hope it is softening because there are lots of debate on twitter that remind me of the scene in the prisoner and i'm not actually a fan of the prisoner but there is one scene in the prisoner which just seems to define twitter and debate which is when he gets up in court and he's about to say something and the whole jury get up and, sh- and shout i i i 
and they shut them down completely. And it's like, well, it's all Twitter debates. And some debates, let's just say, some debates are more like that than others. And quite often it's like that on behalf of, it's someone doing it on behalf of someone as well. Well, well, what's what's interesting about social media is that people end up not wanting to get into these debates because of pylons and fear of social exclusion, et cetera. So they end up skulking around on direct messages, do you know, on, on, on the DMs, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like you get people supporting each other on DMs because why invite, why invite abuse? But that's no good really because it's, 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 it's ultimately no good, but it just shows how, what a toxic environment is. What I did is because I got into this thing because weirdly I was just your default lefty comic uh, you know mm. that's my and then when the anti-semitism happened there was so little support from people on the left and then just accusations of being some sort of Mossad or Israel agent or far-right mm. person and seeing that and it just for me it was like the blinkers came back to wow this is how my side you know seemingly my side are treating me for just pointing out if it was the hypocrisy that just mm. absolutely did mm. my head in and mm. if, if if people had just gone, if even Corbyn had just said, you know what, I can totally see that's problematic. I'm sorry, I've got a look. He couldn't do it. And mm. his supporters can't do it. He has to be the most anti-racist person in the world and a perfect human being and all this stuff. Rather than we all make mistakes, we all have assumptions, we all hopefully mm. grow. But to sort of pretend that we're these fully formed at this particular moment, we are perfect. And mm. the far left, because they were the community of the good, couldn't just go yeah that this is wrong i've got a blind spot here and then they double down and they double down mm. and suddenly that's what takes you down these conspiracy theories of like oh well the ehrc is now investigate they're obviously in thrall to israel and then you know and it's like then jews really do control the world because then look at what happened to corbett you know rather than and anyway the point was that because i got sucked down like that and kind of it sort of nullified me a little bit to then take a stand earlier maybe on, on different things because it wasn't like I'd almost been evicted from the community of the good anyway, yeah, yeah, daring yeah, yeah. to take a stand on this. So actually I thought, well, I could see that this was, to my mind, morally wrong. What was mm. happening, the abuse, uh, and people say, you know, it's a one-sided, as people say, oh, it's a debate and you've got people. All I ever saw, and again, this could be echo chambers, but all I've seen is rape and death threats and pylons onto people onto people saying like sex is binary or let's talk about what you know jk rowling let's have a talk about where the rights are conflicting and maybe we can work away through and being very reasonable and the abuse that they got mm. and it was like okay i'm gonna take a stand also for this because i'm burnt anyway so what's the difference right that was that you know yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why maybe we all need to get burnt so we can stand up for mm. um you know or what we when we see that yeah I mean, I, I do think that perhaps, like as you said about your joke, you know, you said, oh, it was an old joke, I was a bit embarrassed about it, blah, 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 but I've changed, I, I write differently. But surely there is room for us to develop as people as well. You know, if you're kind of uh, constantly being told, oh, well, you know, you, you, you made that one tweet or you made that one comment, and then you have to stand by those, my opinions change, my, my yeah, viewpoint yeah, yeah, change, yeah. the more information I have. But if we don't have discussions, if we don't, if you're not allowed to ask the questions that we're, at the moment, I think certain topics, you know, obviously gender is one of the things you're not allowed to ask them, you know, because immediately you, you, you know, why don't you know these things? Well, I don't, I don't, I am ignorant to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I want to know if mm-hmm. you don't allow that space, 
then we're in danger of of creating the very thing that this this you know that, that like oh we're marginalized we're you know being attacked and you're not being attacked it's just that we didn't understand and now we're feeling resentful because we don't feel you know that we do understand what the scenario is if that makes sense what i just said yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, tired I, now, I, I think uh I think that there's a very deep uh, urge for fairness in society. And I think that people realise that offence archaeology is instinctively unfair, going back to people's tweets from 10, 12 years ago. And then re I, I think people, I, I, I think there'll be a kickback against that because they, because they know it's unfair. And my kids, are, my kids are coming through now. They're in their early 20s and they've been brought up, at, you know, as Internet kids. And, they, they see it as unfair. It, it, it's unfair. I, I, I think. I think we know. I think we know it's a bit hysterical, uh, and I honestly feel it's 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 going to get better quite quite quickly. Mm. Yeah. Do we have something really cheery. I was going to say that's quite a hope. hope <laughs> yeah. Note to leave I hope. It on. <laughs> yes. um, all right. Well, look. Let's let's leave let's let's leave it with an image of Bunuel. Uh, although I take it that I take it that we've exhausted ourselves not to talk about Tesco's and vaccines or. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I found that quite quite comic actually. The way that they uh, that was hilarious. There's this 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 Tesco's advert, which is actually quite a. Um, this might not be the best tweet about it actually. Oh, but okay. I've shopped in Tesco alongside other brands my whole life. Regrettably, due to their current social engineering propaganda masquerading as an advert, I will take the moral stance of spending my money elsewhere. I don't know if you've seen the Tesco Christmas advert. Um, it's quite it's quite a defiant advert actually so it's, it's an advert of like they will they're not going to stop us this christmas there's no stopping us now we're going to have a great christmas we're going to do whatever we can to have a great christmas okay. as a reaction to last christmas and in it there's a scene where santa's obviously setting off to go around the world to give on his presents and he shows his covid pass to get to get into a different country um to me that's just a funny little moment about the realities of modern life at the moment and symbolic of our defiance you know santa's so determined he's willing to show his pass and we're away to other people, it just shows that Santa's a part of the globalist tyranny that wants to enslave us all. To <laughs> it shows the humorlessness that, 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 these, that these thought patterns can, can get you to. Do you know what I mean? It shows the sort of, I don't know, it, it, just, struck, it just struck me as comic. Because you watch the advert, the advert couldn't be more, no matter what they do to us this year, we're going to have a great Christmas. Hmm. And I feel that when I'm out and about doing gigs, I feel that, People will not be denied Christmas this year. I think it would be political suicide almost for the Tories to do anything about to Christmas this year. Oh, yeah, I, think, okay. I, I just think I just yeah. think it's gone beyond that. And uh, but there's people out there who just that they, they, they just see Santa as some kind of crazed vaxxer. Um, <laughs> you know, and th th that's where some people are at, isn't it? Well, that's I mean, he's, you know, he's got big sacks, so maybe this is the uh, what's <laughs> it? Is this this is what's its cousin? I've forgotten her name now. You know, Anaconda. But um, yeah, so you, are you sort of because you're quite strident on opening up the economy and stuff like that, though, aren't you, Paul? So we because I wasn't sure where you were coming from on this one. Whether yeah, you yeah, were, no, no, I'm, I'm quite. I'm, I'm, I just think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite into. Uh, I, I think, I, I think lockdowns will be. I think historically we'll be ashamed about 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 lockdowns. I think it was an understandable reaction to being very scared about a new thing. Um, I think they did, of course, incredible damage to 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 all all people in 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 every respect. But I understand why they happen. I don't think they'll ever happen again. And I'm into opening up. It's not even about about me being into opening. Up. It's like you look around, and people are opening up. It's just like it's it's happening. It's ha it's happening now. I don't think another lockdown could happen. 
people are out shopping, people are out in the comedy clubs in very COVID-friendly environments. I mean, comedy clubs are like a petri dish for infection, aren't they? It's sort of... At the best um, of times, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm, I'm not into... Um, they are when you're on the bill. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not into judging... What with all that laughter? I'm not into judging... Um, I'm not into judging... People, I'm not into judging people. If you people want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't, don't. This, this division, this constant division throughout has been a bit... Uh, I feel unnecessary to me, and, and it's happening now. Now with the vaccine, people. I'm, I'm essentially pro-vaccine, but if you don't want to take one, I think enough people who are vulnerable take the vaccines to have the desired effect anyway. I'm just not into this divide, the, the, the division thing. But this is an example of an argument. You weren't going into, so but you weren't I'm, going into this with the. Uh, oh, you know, like this guy is obviously or, or man. No, no, I, I, it's yeah. just the humorlessness of it. I mean, it's just like. Who takes where you do your shopping that seriously anyway? I mean, I go to the to the cheap. It's like you're in the cheese aisle worried about vaccine passports. It's just like, I'm just worried about where can I get some nice cheese and let's get home quickly. Do you know, do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I, I just want them to put more people on the till on Sundays. You yeah, know? It, yeah. It, exactly. It, it, it's more a comment on humorlessness, really. And when you see the advert, you realise, well, here it is here. So nothing stopping us. It's quite a sort of... Need a little help. <laughs> He's there. He's there somewhere. It's don't stop me now. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're going to enjoy ourselves despite this, despite everything. It's it's a determined, defiant advert, not pushing some. This is it here. Look, Sansa. Yeah. That's the moment there. And I think he's got an iPhone 13. Sansa, agent of global global tyranny. You know, wants to you know. And it's Santa's just, been a good boy, so he deserved it. Okay. Yeah. But it's just Santa's doing what he has to do because we all know, you know. That's my friend. That was my wrong. friend. She's gone now. She was there for half a second. My yeah, friend. No. Basically, it's, it's 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 not as big as they're making it, but it's been trending today. Like you know, yeah. uh, you know, ban Tesco's or whatever. Don't go into Tesco's. It's yeah. just. So I've read some of the tweets. Oh my God, they really are. They're, they're quite comedic in themselves. The, I, I, I'm disgusted. I shall never go there. I'm going to Morrison's instead. Yeah, it's it's over an yeah. advert. Are you kidding me? This is an advert? But it's, it's the judginess of the last two years. That yes, yes. That, yeah. The saddest thing of all, of just the judge, you know, and that first lockdown, we live in a flat. I've got five kids, no garden. Wow. And, you know, this whole going out for an hour a day. It was really hot that first lockdown as well. Mm. Yeah. And we're going out and I'd see tweets and Facebook posts like, I went to the park for my hour exercise and someone was sitting on a bench or I saw, you know, how, look, I saw three people together. I'm like thinking, you've got a massive garden, you asshole. Mm. I know, what are you, what is your prop, you know? It, and yeah. I remember one time I went out to the park with the kids and we sat and the police like moved us on because we've been there like 45 minutes. We got a two-year-old at the time who yeah. can't exercise for it. I mean, it was so mental. It was crazy. There was a it lot was of, horrible. It was, it was so was horrible. A lot of judgment, yeah. 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 I'm just, I'm just, no, I was just laughing at Martin's Santa. That's funny. Very funny, Martin. Yeah, no, it's crazy. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's, fin let's finish on Paul's Benoit. I need, because I wanted this explained to me anyway. I mean, I remember, I know Benoit, but um, I just... To, uh, to, to be fair, you'll probably know Brunel better than me. I mean, I studied drama at university. Yeah, I didn't get this. What, who, who, what, is this Diana? This is, this is a new film called Spencer about, uh, about Diana, and it concerns uh, Christmas, I think it was Christmas 1992, when the affair with, between Charles and Camilla had just become public knowledge, and she was starting to unravel. It's a film in, like, sort of the style of, like, Madness of King George type thing, right. but it is a bit more, sort of, mainstreamy than that. Um, but basically, really, it's just, um, I just wanted to say, it's a, it's a decent film. 
Who's it? <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch? You see, is it out? Is it? Yeah, I, I, saw, I saw it last week, and I, I just really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I you know, I'm, um, I'm I'm interested in the royal family anyway. It's a little bit personal with stuff that's coming through about Meghan, etc., who models herself a little bit on die, but it's it's a sort of a character study of Lady Di as she's unravelling and failing to relate to the royal family. It's got quite surrealistic, sort of expressionist, uh, expressionistic moments. And it, it's quite a sort of, for a mainstream film, it is quite daring in terms of its form. Hmm. And I, I, ju- I just really enjoyed it. It's basically... It's very, very is, she, is she good, is it? Because she looks... Well, she's brilliant. She's fantastic. Yeah. Who is it as Di? Okay. Pardon? Who is it playing Di? Uh, Kirsten Stewart. Oh, um, right, okay. She looks yeah, yeah, like yeah. she's washed up from HMS Pinafore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's amazing. And it's, a lot of it's about her relationship with the kids as well. And it just feels sort of, feels quite topical with everything that's happening. So now. A, good Chris, a good Christmas movie? Uh, maybe. I mean, I, I think it's a good pre-Christmas movie. It's, it's not like, it's not like Holiday. It's not like Cameron Diaz. It can't be like Holiday. No, Holiday's amazing. <laughs> Um, don't get me on holiday. But um, oh my God. But, it, but, it, but it's all I'm saying. It's a great film that people aren't necessarily talking about. That's all. Oh, that's cool. All right. I, I'm going to check. That's why Twitter's. That's why Twitter's good, isn't it? Just gives you a little. Absolutely. You know, I've yeah. got so many good book recommendations, film, yes, yes. TV Same shows. Yeah. You know, all coming from Twitter. There, there are absolutely positives. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, everything good and everything bad's in there. You've just got to sift through it. Yeah. So. I think that's a nice way to, like, there's so many positive things we've got from Twitter. It's probably a nice way to end. But for me, it wasn't this week, unfortunately. I was like, oh, I need to put in a positive tweet. Like, I was just going through. I was like, has nothing good happened this week that I've seen? Unfortunately, not. But there are weeks where I will write a joke. Yeah, right. oh, uh, yeah. You can come back on when you do that. <laughs> so where can what, what are you up to, guys? Where can we see? Where can people see you next, and, and what you're doing? Uh, Josh, let's start with you. Well, people can see you on Hapless. Well, ha- yeah, they? please go on Netflix and watch Hapless. And if you enjoy it, please give it a nice stars and all that stuff. I'm back gigging, which is lovely, and um, doing bits of acting. And it's yeah, it's great. I'm so nice being out again. And like, I wasn't sure during the lockdown and doing everything. And I was like, do I really? Am I interested in comedy that much, as much, you know, and just being out there and I've written, like writing new jokes and I'm, I'm loving it again. I just, it's so nice to be out there and be with people. It's and fantastic. that's, fantastic. that's yeah. maybe what was missing from my stand up before lockdown. Yeah, yeah, no. no I, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't that bothered about people. I'd always yeah, yeah. say like, <laughs> I could just pay me, I'm just happy to do, you know, whatever. And now it's like, I'm so happy to see people and be around people and this communal thing it's just so it's like god it is magical i'm loving it it's great it's great the thing about stand-up is uh if you don't do it for a while it doesn't make any sense just the idea that you've ever done it before just seems completely absurd but then the more you do it the more it makes sense and the better it gets and so i'm right with you i'm doing loads of gigs the gig's absolutely fantastic my book's out uh, 26.2 miles to happiness and uh, I'm writing a new one, but you can't have that have that yet. But yeah, just just go, just go, live comedy is just it's amazing. And the thirst and the bounce back is massive. It just feels huge. And we're at that we're at a nice window now where people are so pleased to be back experiencing normal things. The crowds are great as well. They haven't descended into like cynicism and rage yet, which can which happen. They can save that for Twitter, can't they? Yeah, 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 of course. They're still yeah. into that initial, very pleased to be together and experiencing it. So it's, 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 uh, it's, it's golden days at the moment for stand-up comedy, it really is. I can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> I can't yeah, wait. I've got to get back out there, yeah. Good. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, guys, oh, you've been yeah. an absolute joy. Um, really, really great discussions. I, um, I, mean, I hope you come back. 
I normally um, don't. I normally normally on a Sunday, I, I, I start drinking about four or five, so I couldn't. So I didn't. <laughs> I managed about halfway. I managed about halfway through the show before the wine before the wine came out. Really bad timing for me. The eight till nine record, but. I enjoyed it, and I've started. Well, I'm very yeah, grateful right. to get out of uh, bedtime. My wife just walked into the kitchen. <laughs> she, she's just she's just putting her finger up at me, and uh, <laughs> she's not happy. <laughs> well, um, wish you all the best of luck with Hapless. I'm going to start catching that up now because it's obviously uh, got time to watch it. And uh, good luck with the book sales. Uh, I'm going to leave you. it to Julian to to wrap up. But thank you so much, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thank it's you. been awesome. lovely. Really, like even if it's only through Zoom. It's um, been really nice connecting with you. Guys. You've got a great backdrop. Great backdrop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's my Thank you. Really it's not lovely. real, by the way. This isn't my microwave. This is a fake microwave. <laughs> yeah, well, I live in a flat as well, so I like to go have a garden. That's my garden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I think to be, yeah, I think my camera is sort of like, it's gone soft focus somehow. So I think it's like I'm being heckled by my own camera. So, guys, thank you so much. It was like totally full to broom it goes to prove that when we're back to two by two it's really hard to keep it to an hour uh because there was obviously so much to tackle i mean we haven't tackled a lot of those subjects before on this show so inevitably uh you know it was uh, all bets were off there so listen guys stay, uh, stay back in the uh the green room momentarily so we can have a proper non-streaming goodbye meanwhile i will say goodbye to the, the people that have watched us on the streams uh thank you so much for doing that uh, please, as I say, do follow us at LKT Zoom. Watch out for next week's show, which is the 21st of November, and that's with Alice Frick and AN other guests that we haven't yet announced. So, you should get Fern Brady and Joe Caulfield. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think they'll be dying to get on now. Um, <laughs> so we'll confirm another guest uh, for that show, but that will definitely be happening next week, same time, same place. Um, please do check us out on buymeacoffee.com where you can donate to the show as well, which would be fantastic. Uh, and obviously go to YouTube where you can see all previous shows, including the stream of this show and the various clips as well. So uh, uh, just a, a rousing good night from us all remains to be done. Good night. Good night. night. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed listening to the show. Please do check out the other podcasts in the series. If you go to our website www.letskilltwitter.com you'll find all our previous shows listed and you can find links to the YouTube versions as well as audio files. If you'd like to support our work you can do via buymeacoffee.com. If you go to their website you'll find a Let's Kill Twitter page set up for donations. But anything you can do is much appreciated. A like, a follow, a recommendation to a friend, it all counts. Once again, thanks for listening. We hope to be in your ears again very soon.